There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Another week of telly, another Custard TV podcast. Hello, editor and runner of thecustardtv.com. Luke here with you for another week. Matt's in the northern area. And Gary is in the London area. Your Twitter timeline is, is fascinating me at the moment. One tweet I saw today was, I feel like I could write a good blues song today. Yeah. Did you I, get anywhere I, with that? I'd love to hear the no, first no, couple it, of lines. I haven't, I, I didn't get any sort of inspiration, but uh, I just thought like, you know, I, I feel I could write a good, you know, blues number. I don't know why. It's random. <laughs> That's what Twitter is. It's random, isn't it? But if I started you off with, woke up this morning. That's oh. like every blues song. I want to do something okay. different. Oh, well, okay. Isn't that the Sopranos theme tune? That's woke up this morning. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a very good observation that the yeah. Sopranos is started the same way as every blues number. Well done. Yeah, well done. That's the sort of TV observations we make occasionally on this podcast. Luke, Gary and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com Have any of you ever played an instrument? I learned up to including grade three guitar. What's grade three? I don't really know my grades. Well, like, it, it, I was doing, like, sort of Spanish guitar, and I could do, like, chord progressions, and... What about grade one? Is that just, like, taking it out of the case? <laughs> no, grade How one do... is showing that you can play, I think it's something crack like... Corn. Yeah. yeah, it's something like, yeah, you could put together five chords or something, I can't remember. Could you still about... play today? Oh, no, 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 I, I, I can't remember half the chords. I mean, if you gave me a guitar in half an hour, I might be able to come up with something. Might be able to string something together. Oh, <laughs> that's why you tuned in. That's it. I, I, <laughs> that's I feel we ought to end the podcast there, really. That's not good. You're not going to get any better than that. My mother has always resented me because, uh, well, for many things. But, <laughs> 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 uh, there's your blue song. Yeah, there's your blue song. My mother has always resented me. Uh, where, there was a choice in our family that either my mum would learn to drive or I would learn the guitar. And, and my mum said <laughs> that I could learn the guitar. <laughs> 
Well, there wasn't a lot of money in the sort of early 80s. You know, we weren't right. in Britain. So did they think you could make it as a guitarist? Was that <laughs> well, no, no, but there was like, you know, like a choice. You know, do we go on holiday abroad or do we save our money and go, you know, well, you know there's one of those decisions. Yeah. Do we so, go abroad or does Gary learn to play <laughs> Spanish flamenco guitar? Well, that wasn't the reason I was playing it. Obviously, I learned flat Spanish guitar, but I didn't, I didn't learn it to play that. I, I like everyone else, wanted to be, you know. Oh, who did you want to be? Finish that sentence. Not not flat of dire straits at the time, you know. (laughs) That was the inspiration. Of all the cool guitarists you could pick. In 1983 was pretty cool. Oh my god. Well, you are in dire straits, to be fair. So (laughs) yeah, that's true. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, I did, as a child, learn to play the piano, but like Gary, I've forgotten everything. It wasn't sort of as serious as a parent not being able to drive. So No, it's either... We either it was her help. decision. I mean, it wasn't like I stuck a gun at her and said, I want to learn the guitar. But I can see why she'd resent you, because that's quite a big thing to give up. You've s- f- flung the guitar aside. Meanwhile, your mother is housebound. Well... Because he flung the guitar at her? Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> she's, she's not housebound, she can go out whenever she wants. I tell you what, the shows this week aren't great, but that is my favourite opening we've done for a long time. This podcast yeah. is you just learn something new about Gary every week. I feel I feel like I should say less. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. If you want to, you know, want to pay for this. Buy Gary a guitar. No, if you want to help us out. Buy my mum some driving lessons. Yeah, if you want to help us out with um, some of the costs that are incurred when you run websites like ours, then we do have a, a service on Patreon where we do extra podcasts for you, extra bits. Believe it or not, there are nuggets that don't make it in to the original podcast. It's hard nuggets to Nuggets is a good word for it. It's not a long-term commitment. You can opt in or out uh, Five dollars will unlock nine bonus, half, at least half-hour extra bits from the podcast this year. So... Um, which is about, what, £4. And, and with that time coming up where you're going to go on holiday, why not invest and have something extra to listen to whilst you lie on the beach? Or... I thought you were going to say, instead of going on holiday... Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no I was going to say, you've got, got, you got nine extra podcasts <laughs> to listen to on your holiday. Seek it out, please. If you can help us, we'd be very grateful. You search the Custom TV on Patreon. And also another, another couple of ways you can help us, just briefly... We're on YouTube with our individual reviews. Search the Custard TV there and give us a you, review sorry, on Luke, iTunes. I was just yes. going to say, you could be our 100th subscriber. We're at 99 Ooh. subscribers on YouTube. Review us, get us up the um, the charts and get a couple of more uh, ears facing in our general direction uh, via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you can review us there, we'd be very grateful. And with that, we will uh, plod on. Into the land of the proper podcast. A bit of TV news, reviews, pick of the week. And in a new segment we're, we're just trying out, we're going to tell you what we're still watching that we're not actively discussing on the podcast. There's only one bit of news I thought worthy of discussing, that the BBC have already greenlit a second series of The Split. Not because it's setting you know the TV landscape on fire, but because they wanted to keep the producer... 
Jane Featherstone, who runs a new company of which this is the first commission, and the writer Abby Morgan, happy. And so when they agreed to one series, the BBC locked them in for two. So we're getting a second series. It's not done great in the ratings. It's got just over three million uh, every Tuesday at nine o'clock, which isn't great uh, for that Tuesday night drama slot. But yeah, we'll be getting more due to that deal. And it's kind of similar to US deals because they lock in their stars for two or three years or five years in some cases. So it's Mm. interesting that the BBC have gone down this route because ordinarily they just listen to the viewers, look at the figures and go, we're not going to do it all To to, to interject and just say, I'm still watching it, I'm up up to date uh, and I'm still liking it. The BAFTAs were on. So big winners on the night. Three girls went home with the best miniseries and Molly Windsor, which we're very happy about, won Best Actress. The Best Actor Award went to Sean Bean for Broken, which I think we predicted on our BAFTA predictions on Patreon. You can listen to that one. Lion of Duty went home with Empty Handed, which was a bit of a shame, but the drama yeah. series did go to Peaky Blinders, which I think, Luke, you're happy about. That was an odd category because that had the end of the effing world in which i'd have also been really happy and line of duty and line yeah. of duty which you don't i watch, mean so. i i mean i don't know whether the end of the effing world was necessarily in the right category there but you know line of duty had I think a, a the promotion to bbc one which i thought might have helped mm. it and b just word of mouth but um peaky blinders had a really strong fourth series last year mm. so i can't really blame it. it it was good last year big props to um charlie and daisy cooper winning for oh, yeah, uh, yeah. this country and daisy cooper winning best uh, actress in a comedy also toby jones which we're very happy about for detectorist best actor in a comedy and then you got um handmaid's tale winning international love island which luke wasn't very happy beat the old people's home for four-year-olds yeah, yeah. and but all the, these people the biggest the, forget forget that the only way is Essex won it a few years ago yeah, as but well. that was an audience vote um, but the biggest, the, the biggest news is that after 21 years Channel 5 won its first ever BAFTA for right. cruising with Jane McDonald all in all it was a good representation of mm. what last year was last year wasn't you know a shining year for TV but I think these awards uh, have picked out the best of it and I'm just so chuffed for Molly Windsor because I can just yeah. see her being such a big name in the future and uh, if you haven't seen three girls seek it out it is incredible yeah it's like when vicky mcclaw won um i can't remember for which this is england it was but that sort of propelled oh, yeah. her into being a name didn't it and sheridan as well actually yeah. and she won her after oh and one more thing the um the obituary package um for dale winton's clip they used pets win prizes it was like here are all the contestants that have got crabs Hermit crabs, and they're going to race this race. After all the clips you had, that's the one you chose to, you know, yeah. memorialise there with. With that, <laughs> <laughs> news from the States and reviews from the States in Gary Goes West. If you're a fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you've probably been through the ringer in the last few days. First of all, Fox, who have been cancelling a lot of things, uh, none of which are as noteworthy as Brooklyn Nine-Nine, cancelled it as part of their lead-up to the upfronts that are coming up soon or are happening over the last couple of days. And then all of a sudden, NBC decided to pick it up. It's going to take a bit of time off, so it's not going to return to 2019. But this is the first time I'm, I'm aware of a show 
moving from Fox to NBC at least, or at least moving. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often with American it, shows. It doesn't happen very often, but the reasons for it make more sense than you might realise. It's a show owned by NBC who they sold to Fox. And yes. Fox is going through a lot of different changes. They've been bought by Disney and nobody knows what state Fox will be in in a couple of years anyway. Yeah. So NBC thought, well, well, we'll just have it. It's our show anyway. We'll just have it on our network. It's it's made by Mike Scher, who makes Parks and Rec and The Good Place. And so Both of which a, were on NBC. So Yeah, and it's just another one of his shows to have on the network. But so. I read that CW were reviving both Charmed and Roswell for some reason because, of course, those things needed to happen. Yeah, I mean, Charmed, I don't really... Well, Charmed ran for about, what, 10 years? 11 years? <laughs> Roswell was only three series. It, it, critically acclaimed, but never got any ratings. I don't know whether that's because the How CW... many series did you think Charmed was? 11? Ten. Eight. Oh, it's gone up. He Ooh. thought it was 10. He's gone up well, I thought 11. it was 10, but... Eight. Eight. Okay, I wasn't yeah. that far off. They both fit the CW though. That kind of like yeah, teenage. They, that's market. where they came from. They shouldn't just keep rehashing mm. old ideas. We've been, been yeah. through this discussion almost on a weekly basis. Like, we shouldn't yeah, stop rehashing this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's making us rehash the conversation every time. So there are two <laughs> new shows to review that we talked about last week uh, briefly. Uh, the first of which is Atlanta, uh, a show which has won two Emmys, and it is set in the titular Atlanta area uh, and it's it features uh, Donald Glover yeah, we best know him from Community which he left before the series ending, ended he plays I mean to be fair to say a dropout a down and out I mean he's living with his girlfriend but he's not uh, doesn't appear to be too welcome and he finds out that his cousin is quite an up and coming uh, rap star called Paper Boy uh, I've been he, singing that song all day I wish you could do that throughout the whole of this review. Well I done. will do. It just yeah. quietly in the background, I'll do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. And, and Paperboy is quite this kind of like, he even admits halfway through the show that he kind of hates the Paperboy song. You know, he's kind of already yeah. over it. Paperboy. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. And basically <laughs> in the first episode, it, it kind of goes in a circle. So you start with the end scene where Paperboy punches some bloke for knocking his mirror off his... Uh, off his car and you end up back at that scene at the end of the episode matt sent me an email saying ah oh, you might want to watch this one with subtitles and i wish i'd watched yes, it because i know you I... yeah <laughs> i wish i had watched it after that but i didn't and i actually still enjoyed it quite a lot the whole thing was more situational than there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The laugh out loud comedy, I think that would be fair to say. What's very difficult is the language. There is a lot of slang. And I did find that hard, but I did find the characterization very interesting. It seems like a show where you're going to get more good characters coming in and out. Yeah, I'll, so it's Matt, more of a character-driven show than a than a than a storyline show. I think it's more of an idea-driven show than a character-driven oh, okay. show or a story show. Actually, I think they it's written by Donald and his brother Stephen. He knows everybody, long-time friends with most of the people in the cast. So I think they like to play about with what they can do with it. And John John 
Who did we meet, Matt? John. That's going to bug me. Landgraf. No, John. I keep on. John Landgraf. Yes, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I heard the word. John Landgraf. I heard it in my headphones. <laughs> Didn't realise it was your voice. I think in your voice. So yeah, we we sort of saw John Langraff, head of FX, which is the channel this is on in the states, um, talk in Edinburgh a few years ago, and he just sort of lets people get on with. He tells people what he'd want, and he hears about how they're getting on. But for the most part, he sort of lets people make the shows they want to make. You can tell with this and with other things like Better Things with Pamela Adlon and You're the Worst and The Americans to an extent. I enjoyed this more than Matt, we've already spoken. And I agree that sometimes the the grammar and the language is a bit over my head, but for the most part, I think it's really warm and inviting, and I just like the world. And although he is a bit of a loser and a bit down on his luck, he's not like a sitcom loser who just everything no. touches, I, you know... I, I didn't really know how flat. to describe him at the beginning, because he, he, he yeah. is the sort of typical deadbeat American, you know, deadbeat, you know, he hates his job doesn't have any prospects but that really kind of only lasts like five minutes in the first episode but i I asked matt while gary was busy writing his blues record to watch episode seven which is done in a talk show format where even the adverts in between the talk show are bits of the show i found that really creative and inventive and very funny in parts because it's paperboy dealing with transgender issues and uh, a 45 year old black guy who identifies as white which is really funny and I just I was surprised by how much I like it doesn't happen very often but I'll shut up now I don't think I'm as into it as the as you two are um I'm not quite sure what it is I just didn't really connect with any of the characters really I think Donald Glover is a good performer there just wasn't anything really to sort of hook me on this if it makes <laughs> sense and I did enjoy more the episode, the, the you know, episode seven, because it was a little bit different. But still, I wasn't invested in the world, I think, as much as certainly Luke was. And I think, Gary, are you going to keep watching it? I think I will. The BBC Two are doing double headers. Is it Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. So, you know, I, uh, there's, I think there's a room for this. You know, the, as you said, Luke, there's not really anything you can kind of link it to and say, oh, this is like that. You know, you... You, you can't say this is like something else. Well, there um, are other indie comedies made, but they, they normally I like the characters, but they don't make me laugh, whereas this had bits in it that I laughed at. Oh, yeah. I didn't find... The only line that made me laugh, I've told you already, is the flow rider thing. Yeah. But apart I like from that... Bit, yeah. I like the bit in the second episode where the security guard's trying to get him to take a picture with him. He's like, go on, go. Stand back to back. Stand back to back. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. quite funny. Yeah, yeah, mm. I always enjoy that. I things. liked the whole scene in the prison, you know, because I just thought that was... That was just that tension, you know, and, and, and it was quite nice, you know, and the people looking around and... Yeah. I don't know. I it, think it, you can you can tell it comes from a, from a place. Yeah, no, I, I got that, but it wasn't a place that I particularly... It was somewhere that he felt comfortable in and you could tell... There was a genuineness to it, but it wasn't something that I particularly identified with. And then the other show uh, from the other side of the pond, as we call it, is uh, started this weekend uh, with a simulcast on Sky Atlantic. And where's it being shown in America? HBO? Showtime. 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 Uh, is Patrick you know what, Gary? Mor- never, never go with your instinct. <laughs> yeah, That's what you should tour. learn. This stars Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, I'm going to allow one of you two to k- pick this up uh, from there. So this is Benedict Cumberbatch, who is a 
heroin addict in London who gets a phone call to tell him his father has died and he has quite, to go well, and... Quite wealthy guy, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's from money, his dad's quite wealthy... He's sort of quite cut off from society, isn't he? I mean, he's yeah. got a girlfriend, but he's sleeping around with Jessica Rain as well. Not And it's set um, in the 80s. Yeah, not worried about anything, really. Um, when he gets the phone call to tell him of his father's death, he doesn't have the sort of emotional reaction that you'd expect. He almost seems quite triumphant by it. It means he has to travel to New York to identify the body and sort out the details of his father's estate but in the meantime we learn more about him about his background that maybe his father uh, who everyone respects and thinks highly of was quite um, a forceful character and maybe even abused him that might come up later but this whole episode and it isn't indicative of the entire run but this first one is basically Benedict Cumberbatch centric it mm. does have other characters in it who weave in and out of his day in both London and New York, but really it is a powerhouse performance from him and it is him on screen dealing with uh, being a heroin addict, dealing with, with, with the aftermath of a death and it's just him all the time. Now, everybody I have seen discuss this and people I've spoken to have praised this far more than I'm about to. I can tell that it was a good performance. I can tell it must have took a lot of work for Benedict to get to that space physically and mentally. But for me, it was just a performance and not mm. a character in a show. It's like It was like if you saw it on stage, you would mm. be mesmerised by it. But on One TV, man show. But on TV, I just didn't connect and I kept looking at the timestamp and I nearly mm. stopped it a few times. Then I did stop it, did something else and came back. I'm not taking anything away from the performance that Benedict gives. But for me, I didn't care at all. No. And it's Although he's not the focus of at least the second episode, I believe he's not in at all. And I know I'm in the minority because everyone who's seen it has praised it. But for me, it was just... It was too Sherlock-esque, for one thing, with the... Yeah, the the, perform- uh, the sort of mad cappy. I mean, yeah. you missed out that he's hearing voices in his head yes. as well. He's got, yeah. like, an inner monologue, you know, voiceover, which is another sort of pet peeve of yours. A lot of it is him just trying to procure drugs on the streets of New York and aesthetically. It does look fantastic. It is very glossy. As we said, it's showtime. But that is almost sort of a criticism in a way because again you don't sort of you don't really connect with Patrick despite his sort of you know he's dealing with his his relationship with his father who you know he goes through all these rules that his dad had and things like that and all these people that he sees are very fond of his dad and it's just like well you know but he said this and this and all these sort of hurtful things and part of the problem for me um, as well as you say, the the performance was a bit sort of out of the field. Was the fact that he was born of privilege, yet it was a sort of like woe is me type thing. It's hard to sympathise with someone who sort of has so much money, does so much drugs. You're not given again. You're not really given a chance to rest, and you're not given a lot of time. You know, with the character talking to other characters when he's not on drugs and the, and the sort of impetus of the scene is he's not really paying attention to what's being said to him because he's on a come down or he's 
high or, you know, that was my issue with it. But I did read the review on the website that said that the second episode is a lot less sort of hectic and is a bit more sort of chilled out. But for a first episode, there wasn't much to, again, to sort of hold on to, really. It was it was all, I you know, Benedict could... Cumberbatch having a, a, a drugs trip for an hour. He was the focus, and I just found it irritating towards the end because I wasn't I wasn't invested. I was just using that term again. I was watching it through a pane of glass yeah. rather than rather than from the sidelines, and that's not how I personally enjoy TV. You I'm know? with you. Um, I'm with you completely, Luke. I think we thought it felt exactly the same way. Our reviewer disagreed. You can go and read that on the website now. Patrick yeah. Melmo's nine o'clock Sunday nights, or if you're Really keen, two o'clock Sunday morning, uh, to simulcast with the states. <laughs> the old, the old um, Game of Thrones slot, as I call yes, it. Yes, exactly. Uh, on Sky Atlantic. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email: custardtvreviews at gmail dot com. And now with the reviews, it's Matt. Hello. So, bulletproof, I suppose, then. Oh. It's basically bad boys on the streets of London with uh, Ashley Walters and Noel Clark, who co-created it with Nick Love, who did a lot of those Danny Dyer films in the mid-2000s, like Outlaw and the Football Factory. Uh, this first one is them sort of trying to find a Eastern European gang who are... Um, stealing cars or something. They're making those little... Yeah, stealing cars. Okay. For the, and for the cars. Them um as they sort of they had a witness who is is sort of mowed down in front of them in the opening scene and they're trying to sort of bring this group to justice um and ashley walters has a father played by clark peters from the wire no clark um his character called bish by his bishop, he's oh. called bish by everyone, including his girlfriend played by emma rigby who uh, he thinks might be having an affair with his another of his colleagues or might not be and jonesy and that's about it, really. This had some moments that surprised me. The brutality of the, the girl in the hit and run, that surprised me. And tonally, it was sort of, it was buddy cop, emphasis on the buddy. And when I was watching it, I was trying to, I was sitting there thinking, I cannot understand who this is for. I don't know who the demographic for this is. I couldn't work it out. If it it somebody, If somebody wanted, like, crime drama then there are far better ones if somebody wanted sort of funny cop stuff there are better ones it just sort of wasn't enough it wasn't good enough it looks fantastic it it, it got a nice gloss to it the shots are all well filmed and it looked like they were having a ball with their car chases and all stuff it looked like they'd written the scripts to say let's have all this fun but it just didn't translate to me as a viewer at all I didn't enjoy it. I'll jump in and say I didn't hate it as much as Luke, but I did find a lot of the same things. I found the Bish thing really annoying. Even his girlfriend was calling him Bish, and it, it just—it was an, as annoying as Juice in uh, O.J. Simpson. It just grated on me. I quite like the action part of it, and I think that's who it's aimed at. It's aimed at your young eighteen to thirty-five male viewer that just wants a ton of like a Fast and Furious, switch your brain off all action type thing. I think that's who it's aimed at. And I think getting Noel Clark and Ashley Waters lends more to that. 
But I think then what they've done is you've surrounded them with a cast that are fairly bland. The storyline that they've obviously got, there's nothing really that's going to carry on to week two. You know, you, you've already solved the, murder, the, the crime of the week, and I think that's going to continue. Therefore, what you're adding on to is the, is the relationships and the and the kind of like the police work, which is expected to sort of carry the series, which I think is very thinly veiled. You know, the idea that he accidentally shot Jonesy, who is potentially having an affair with his girlfriend, you know, and, and, and some of the, the the characterization in that was just extremely implausible. Um, I, there wasn't an awful lot that's going to pull me into episode two. I'm not going to watch any more, but saying that, I didn't dislike it. I think it was what it set out to be to an extent. Yeah. I think I think it did its job well. It was a genre piece. I think this will play well on like a Friday night, as you say. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To that demographic, it's got the sort of the action. I mean, that did shock me, that opening hit and run. I didn't yeah, see it coming. Yeah, and I think that, that part was done well. Yeah. I think, and I think Ashley Walters and O'Clock have got a genuine chemistry that translates well on the screen. And you can believe in their characters' sort of relationship. But I, I do feel that when he tries to do this stuff like with the relationship Noel Clark and, and Emma Rigby's characters, that's where it goes downhill because yeah. it's at a sort of comic pace that when you try and do something dramatic, it doesn't work, it falls flat. The action and the sort of the, the banter is well done and I think well realised and, and fits into what they're doing. The opening title sequence as well sort of sort of lays out what you're gonna get. It was better than I expected it to be. But I don't think it can do serious because of the world it's created. I think it is for, as you say, like a young male yeah. demographic who like the films like Nick Love was creating. Those there was, yeah. I mean, those came out at a time where I worked at a video shop, and there was always an audience for those films. I wasn't in that audience, well, but I mean, there is an the, audience for this sort of stuff, and I think they I, are doing that stuff well. As you said, it's just when it goes into the relationship stuff, it loses me. Mm. Because other things do that far. Because there's the bit where he's Ashley Walters' wife's like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go for that promotion. I was like, I don't care. Bulletproof. Tuesdays at uh, 9 o'clock on Sky One. Also, BBC are doing a space season. And on BBC Four, that means we get a French space drama about a mission to Mars. Now, hands up. But well, I did get a chance to see it if I'd have remembered to see it. So Matt and Gary have watched one of the two episodes that will go out as part of a double bill. 
firstly, yeah. would I have liked this? I suppose. Did I did I make the right choice? It's quite spacey, as you would imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's unusual. The you, opening scene is of a Russian uh, cosmonaut trying to re-enter Earth manually. So I think the the sort of fail-safe mechanism that normally re-enters people into into the atmosphere fails. And he has to he has to uh, do it manually, and you don't know whether he survives or not, but he crashes. You then fast forward to what must be I would have thought hmm, the near future. I wouldn't have said it was current. I would have said it was the near future. And you get a French psychologist who uh, has died. They announce on the news has died, and she was part of this uh, entrepreneurial mission to Mars. So sort of like a Richard Branson, Elon Musk type character who's organizing this kind of crack mission to mars and they now need a psychologist so you meet the french psychologist it's about a 25 minute episode yeah. it moves very yeah. fast you're automatically then drawn straight to them sort of you know a week a day away from from entering the orbit and, and landing on mars the, the sort of way in which they introduce everybody is that the entrepreneur sits down with the psychologist and says, you know, what's your view on everybody? And we find out that um, her view is that one of them is becoming slightly sociopathic and is only talking to the onboard computer. Irene uh, is their name? Irene, yes, Irene is the name of the computer. Yes, well done, I remembered. <laughs> uh, very unusual name. Like one. Mrs. McNamara. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, well, you, well remembered there. Ten points. We're not and all you, Gary. It's not <laughs> a skill to remember the name of somebody. At this point, you find out that there's two couples on the ship. The captain of the ship is married to another of the astronauts. They're like a husband and wife. Oh, that's it, yes. The psychologist is sleeping purely physically, I think. You know, not there's no sort of... She doesn't want any kind of relationship with him, and he kind of does. He realises that his marriage is breaking up. You've also got a sort of like a very arrogant second-in-command who is now kind of like very rebellious against the lead you've got various other characters some that you don't really get anything of in that little speech but mm. the the mission takes a turn because as they agree to land on mars there is a problem with the thrusters mm. i think well uh, it's sort of the thing that disconnects them their module from the main ship to allow them to go yes. to mars and the one thing actually before that you missed was that the, the financier reveals that oh, another crew got to mars ahead of them but have since like released a warning message yeah. saying that, you know, don't, don't come, come here. here. And now their mission has instead not to be the, is not now the first mission, but is a rescue mission to get yeah. these guys back off Mars. And uh, the end of the first episode sees them successfully. Well, successfully, successfully. Well, that's a mixture <laughs> of successfully and not at all, uh, not at all <laughs> successfully landing on Mars. But in the meantime, the captain has to go outside and release manually release a mechanism to allow the, uh, the landing gear to land or something, or that, you know, the re-entry yeah. to allow the entry and he gets blown off into space. So we lose the, not captain. by the psychologist. That's right. Yes. We lose the captain. Um, and, um, and, uh, then we, we get the scene of them landing on Mars. But of course, at that point, you know, it's like, well, we've not no, no fuel to get mm. back. Irene's like a, crashed. A, they've got like a day of air. This just sounds berserk. Was it as, as mad as your description sounds? It was a lot music? happened in 25 minutes. Definitely. I really enjoyed it. And, and I think one of the things I really enjoyed was the fact that it was only half an hour. It's very difficult because there's nothing really to compare it to. But I did, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you, really. I mean, I, d I wasn't utterly compelled to watch the second one straight away, which I don't know how good a thingy that is. But I think 
they did a good job within the time frame of building up the central characters. You got to know, like, as you say, the captain, the second in command, the psychologist, the financier, the sort of the guy who, who as you say, is sort of only talking to Irene and yeah. sort of shut himself off from everyone else. He's the one that intrigues me the most because, mm. of course, you know, without Irene, what will he do? Mm. Believable, he, authentic world, Matt, would you say? Or yeah, to, yeah, yeah, at the, mo- at the moment, because this was literally just them getting to Mars. Whether it will maintain that once they've got to Mars, now they're on Mars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I will try and watch the second one, definitely, and then see where I am with it. But, you know, it's not like a sort of blow away foreign smash i would say it didn't like no. wow me but it was it was a good sort of piece of old-fashioned sci-fi with characters that you sort of got to know quite quickly itv this week um i've been showing a four-part drama at 9 p.m on this thursday called innocent from chris lang and matt Ulrich. focuses on david collins the character played by lee ingleby who um eight years previous was arrested for the murder of his wife has had two subsequent trials, and the most recent one um, was sort of thrown out of court. Is that right? Yes. Overturned due to overturned, yeah, and he's overturned, been yeah. he's been released. The case has now sort of been reopened with a new investigator, um, Di Kathy Hudson, played by Angel Colby, who rather awkwardly is in a relationship with the original investigator, played by Nigel Lindsay. Uh, meanwhile, um, David goes to back to live with his brother, Phil. Phil Collins, which we liked Come as a on. gag. <laughs> Come on. Dan, played by do, Daniel. Do they live in a Susu Studio flat? Oh, nice. No. No, but that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? David and his, and his wife, Tara. 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 His wife, Good Tara, hell. had two kids who have now been living for the last eight years with Tara's sister Alice and Alice's husband Rob, played by Hermione Norris and Adrian Rawlins. Alice is sort of shocked that um, David is out of prison and doesn't like want him around the kids. She sees them as her kids, hers and Rob's kids now. But obviously David, one of the things he wants is a relationship with his children again and, and the two of them just can't stand each other. That's about it really in terms of stories. Well, there, there's, no, there's a third... Uh, to a third suspect, if you like. Oh yeah, the doctor. In, in David's um, friend, who is now a gynecologist who's divorced, who was apparently in a relationship with Tara um. before uh, her death, uh, that sent David to prison. So there's, yeah, Tom there's, Wilson. There's he changed on. his he changed his alibi, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He was having an affair with her and. He's been bribing his ex-wife to keep quiet, and his current wife is pregnant, and there's that whole thing there. Okay. Yeah. At time of recording, Gary has seen three of the four, me and Luke have seen all four, so we'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. For you, the listener, as well. I really like this. I think it, it drew me in somewhere around the middle of episode one. I have to admit, that the stuff right at the beginning with Lee Ingleby acting all angry uh, and going around and punching people, I was a little bit like, oh, it's going to be sort of like a little a bit bland and I wasn't quite sure then somewhere in the middle of episode one they started to draw in things that were extremely believable the children start using their step parents real names instead of calling them mum and dad well they're not as step they, parents they're aunt and well, uncle aunt and uncle but at the beginning of it they're calling them mum and dad they're like foster parents aren't they yeah. they sort of fostered yeah. them so yeah. th- at the beginning of it, they start they they're using them as mum and dad. Then as they get more attachment to their dad, as as things begin to unravel, 
they start calling them Alice, and you know, and it's just subtle things like that mm. that yeah, I just no, I think like that as well. I know. would happen in a situation like this. You know, and up to the end of the third episode, they're very much trying to convince you that Liam Bigelby's character is totally innocent. Yet, as a viewer, I'm not convinced, mm, okay. and I don't know why. No, and I, I feel like all the others are just very good red herrings, and I just like the storytelling. I hope it's got an ending that I can actually see as logical. That's my only wish for it now. Overall, I really liked it, and, I, and I'm surprised how much I thought Lee Ingleby changed. You know, he got very... Mm. He changed over three episodes a lot, and I think evolved. that was really good. Yeah, evolved very well. I think I'm the same as Gary in terms of... It did take me probably most of the first episode where it was sort of character building and sort of explaining the evidence and you know the mistakes that were made in the original investigation and things like that and sort of establishing the world but I think what it did was it paced it ever so well so you got a bit more drama in each episode and what you in your interview with uh, Richard Clark the director he said you know they were trying to get you to sort of second guess the characters whether they did it or not how you felt about them in every scene that was especially true of david and alice who i think you know in some scenes you're trying to make them as sympathetic as possible in other scenes they're trying to make them well he has you know david has got this anger so maybe he did do it you know there was the stuff with alice and the money and her not having a sort of rosy relationship with her sister that she sort of said to the police that she did have and the stuff with the the investigation was more prevalent to start off with. But I think as it gets on and you get to see Lee Ingleby with the kids a little bit more and you you get a softer side of him, which I think worked. And I I just like, I think it built ever so well. And I think it climaxed brilliantly in the last episode. But I really like, I mean, the two performances I would, I would sort of highlight is I really thought Angel Colby did a really good job as as the new DI on the job. I didn't like her with Nigel Lindsay. I felt he was a bit too sort of stereotypical theories first, ask questions later type comment. Yeah, don't let the evidence get in the way if we want to put this man behind bars type situation. The sort of of blinkered view, yeah. Also Dan Ryan as as Phil Collins. Um, Yeah. It doesn't look a bit like him though. (laughs) But I think I like his his sort of story of, you know, I spent seven years sort of campaigning to get you released and I think he and Lee Ingleby have got a very good chemistry. He's the only other character that I would in any way put forward as a suspect because very little about him and what he's about that makes me think maybe he's the hidden character in the background that they're trying to protect for the fourth episode but again that is purely just based on my knowledge of crime fiction and television rather than any specific evidence that i can point to was it a right decision to do it over four nights or would it have been better doing sort of four weeks and you build the suspense looking over my timeline now the papers websites and all of websites like ours have completely jumped on who do you think was the killer who is the killer? yeah and they've got all these theories and i think that helps that's helped over the four nights the ratings have been strong over the four nights i watched four over four nights last week matt watched two together two uh, three and four together and i think it does have a nice momentum and build well if you'd watched that first one gary and found something in it you'd liked but perhaps not enough to come back the next week, then you may have fallen out of love with it. That's a good point. Had this been on weekly, I don't know whether I would have gone back to episode two on the night it was on. 
I probably would have recorded it and thought, oh, I'll watch it, you know, and stuff. Yeah, my, my views, I mean, I've done a lot of coverage for it, and the interview's up there now on the podcast feed and on the... Stage. I would recommend listening to it, even if you didn't watch Innocent, because it is very fascinating about what a director does in terms of TV as opposed to film and what sort of influence he has as opposed to the writer sort of thing. It was very, very interesting. But yeah, that's up there on the feed and on the website. I'm, I thought it was a really... Is that... Word again, Lid. a really solid four-part <laughs> drama. It, it moves at quite a speed as well, once it, it gets does, yeah. going. But what I liked about it, and I suppose you can make the link to Unforgotten, is the fact that it moves at that pace, but you still feel like you get enough time with all of the key players, and that's a real skill that um, and Matt I think and Chris have got. Another sort of similarity to Unforgotten, I would say, is that you have got a believable sort of central detective as well in yeah. Angel Colby, who... Apart from the Nigel Lindsay stuff, which I don't really buy, I think she's a sort of, you know, a, a copper who just sort of wants to yes. do her job. You know, you see her with her, her son. You know, she's a single mother. She hasn't got any demons or anything like no. that and stuff. I'd like to see another show with her, you know, like her sort of, I suppose, what they're doing with Julian Baptiste. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think I have been going backwards and forwards. If you listen to... The early podcasts I do, I did, uh, I used to say we make really good four-part, three-part dramas. Then I sort of went off the idea because it doesn't really allow for a lot of character development. But I think this proves that you can have a really tight story told with character development, with emotional connection mm. over those four hours if you have a strong central story, good writers at the helm and really strong performances from from the main cast. So if ITV want to give us more four-parters of this ilk, then I'm all for it. I thought it was really solid. That On the that. ITV Hub, you can watch all four. That's confusing, isn't it? You can watch all four on the ITV Hub. Yeah, you can watch all <laughs> four episodes of Innocent on the ITV Hub, should you want to. It finishes as we record Thursday night tonight. Really strong drama. Really going to stick with me for a bit. Innocent on IGV. And uh, that is that. Pick of the week. Uh, This is where we point your face at something on in the next seven days that at least one of the three of us will be watching. I'm going to go first because I think I know what you two are going to go for. So I'm going to go completely different and go for the return of 24 Hours in Police Custody on Monday on Channel 4. This is the return of the documentary that they do with Bedfordshire Police. Uh, it hasn't been away that long. I think only about no. three or four weeks. I know, weeks. I was going to say, we and talked this about is, this. This is a 90-minuter as well and, and supposed to be one of the best ones ever, so I'm really intrigued yeah. by it. This one's on Monday night, 9 o'clock on Channel 4. Uh, Matt? Hello. Um, Hello. I'm going to go for The Good Fight, which I'm still really enjoying. It's my favourite Spoilers, it is also on my what I'm still watching thing. But um, I I really enjoy this series. I think it's the best series on TV right now. And um, it's on Thursdays on More 4 at 9 o'clock. Is that I, right? I, I, yes, I it is. That. Yes, my pick of the week is on Channel 4 on Sunday. I'm the only one of the three of us to still be watching and still be in awe of The Handmaid's Tale. I completely understand that it's very bleak and very depressing for a lot of people, but... I've not seen anything like it, put it like that, and I do find it intriguing. It's a show that I have to be in the mood for and have to prepare myself for, but it is good, and it is good that Channel 4 are showing it quite close to the Hulu drop as well. I think 
We're about four episodes behind. So that's Sunday at nine on Channel 4 for The Handmaid's Tale. Thursday for The Good Fight and Monday for um, 24 hours. And I was going to say, I suppose we should point people towards a very English scandal as well, which is the the sort of... Is it a two-parter? Three. Do we have to? Three-parter of... Um, is it the story of Jeremy Thorpe? Yes. You really um, know all the stuff about... I've this. watched the first five minutes of it. So, and it, But it's from Russell T. Davis, who is a writer that... I certainly have I, to say... Yeah, go on. I've watched the first episode now. Yeah. And I have to say I quite enjoyed it without... There you go. You know, and it's not my wheelhouse at all. Gary no. probably knows the story better than I do, being a slightly older... So do you not fancy it then, Gary? I don't I don't know the story at all. All right. Oh, but why did it. you have that reaction to it, then? I don't know, I just don't fancy it. Nothing I've read or seen makes me sort of think that I'm going to like it. But, I mean, I'll probably watch it for the show, but, you know, I don't... I don't know. Well, we haven't touched on the big news, though, Luke, that I've just seen. Have you seen what show's coming to an end? No, I don't think what I show, what, what US show's been cancelled at, at the CW? Jane the Virgin. Oh, my oh. word. Well, that's good in a way, because it means I've only got five series to catch up on. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. I feel like we've been on a journey with Jane the Virgin. I feel like it's... Speak for yourself. Been <laughs> we've been there since its conception. And yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're at the end. Oh, that's, that's not... I, I, you know, I like Jane the Virgin, not to say that I've watched more than six episodes, but yeah, it's got more of a, a premise and heart to it. Also, iZombie and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as well. You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. So, on this podcast, we occasionally... Uh, watch shows and we don't often talk about whether we stick with them so uh, you may remember that we talked a couple of weeks ago about things like the split and safe you know that we reviewed only a couple of weeks ago and various members of us said we'll watch it and various didn't so one of the things we thought we'd like to do for you uh, and we would like to hear your feedback uh, about whether you like this is to give you some insight to what we're still watching so I shall read. Uh, I think we've already throughout this podcast kind of mentioned a few things that we're watching, but to still sort of go through. So I'm still watching The Split. I've seen three episodes. I still like it. I do have a fourth to catch up on. I do admit that. But then it's been a busy week. I am watching Safe on Netflix. I've watched three episodes. I still quite like it. I know Luke doesn't, but... Uh, or Luke has, has How been... can you possibly know that? I keep my... Well, I, I don't know. I, I, it's chair. a thought in my head. I'm also watching the excellent comedy Barry. I've seen two episodes. I'm watching it on Sky Atlantic Pace. I know this is going to annoy the hell of you, but I am going to bang on about Holby City because I do think it's very good at the moment. So, no. Uh, and I'm still watching The Good Fight. Uh, and I do agree with Matt. I think this is the better than the series one. And I'm so glad that it's been renewed for a third series. Well, I, I have finished Barry just recently. There were eight of them all together. One of the most inventive and exciting and unusual shows that I've seen this year, and I loved it. And I kind of am, am envious of Gary being watching it at Sky Pace because it is a really good show, and I wish I could I could redo it. I suppose. Well, yeah, you could. <laughs> Who has time? Who has time for such a thing? I'm still watching and and worrying about the Americans, which is in its final series on uh, on FX and on ITV4 at some ridiculous time of the morning not even of the evening but of the morning now it's worrying me a little bit because we've got three episodes left and I'm sort of 
fixated on the on the fact that we're in the final series and it doesn't feel like we're edging close enough to the final for you know for it to have a massive impact but i'm just got faith in the guys that run that to to keep it ticking along other than that i'm not actually watching anything weekly really i've been watching a lot of documentaries i thought the thing that i picked for pick of the week last week about the heart transplant was absolutely incredible television and you should seek that out and there's, i haven't got many ongoing series on the go i think it's an odd time of year isn't it it's sort it of is. summer and i mean i'm the same as i said the good fight and apart from that i what i am going to catch up with i think i'm about five into barry and the Americans I need to sort of pick up again because I sort of put it down when I was in my without internet phase. So those are the two things, I, if you'd like, I, to catch up with. I see you two catching up on stuff when the World Cup starts because that's when most general television How will be. How dare like, you? I depend to watch every clash. Game. Yeah. Game. Name, Game. name one of the teams England are playing. Honduras. Oh, come on. You look that up. No, is it? Seriously? No, um, oh, okay. it's close. It's I, Panama. I, Panama. That's always the good. I know yeah. the first game is Iran versus Russia, though. That's right. Yes, the nuclear uh, deal. Uh, <laughs> are, they, okay. are they all? Are they, are they all going to be in prime time? Yeah, yeah. So they're all. They're all. Well, yeah, because Russia's, be... Russia's not too too far away into mm. time zone, is it? It's a couple of hours. Well, yeah. I mean, the, where they're playing in Russia, because obviously they're not playing in the Asian half of Russia. No. Um, because there's not much there, kind of thing. But yeah, they, they're playing. So I think I think two two hours. I think yeah, so it's the same poll. Yeah. So that is it for the podcast. We will be back soon to discuss, amongst some things, the bridge on BBC Two, and a very English scandal on BBC One. So we've already spoken about iTunes, how you can review us, Patreon as well. Uh, YouTube is another option just to hear our thoughts. On a specific show, so it's the Custard TV on there. Also, like, share, and subscribe, and just help us build our YouTube yeah. profile there, please. Twitters individually. Gary is at the Gary Show. Matt's at Matt's TV Bites, and I am at Luke Custard TV. I am also going to mention this once and once only because I don't want it to become another one of those things that we add to the end of the podcast. But I'm putting out feelers. I'd like to do a podcast where I speak to people in the industry, whether it be actors, writers, directors, about their favourite television, perhaps what's inspired them to become uh, involved in the industry, or just generally what they're loving at the moment and what they consider to be the best on the box. So if you want to be involved in that or you know somebody who you think would be an interesting conversation, then get in touch with me on the Twitter, at TV. Alternatively... We do have an email address you can use, CustardTVReviews, that's with an S at the end, at gmail.com. I'd like to hear from anyone in the industry who would like to chat about their favourite TV and we'll make a podcast out of you. That's another avenue I'd like to explore. The website itself is thecustardtv.com. Interviews going up over the weekend, sorry, reviews going up over the weekend of The Handmaid's Tale and A Very English Scandal. You'll be able to read what we think of those. You know, just come back for more podcasts in a week's time. Yeah. And as, and as Matt mentioned, the the interview with director of Innocent Richard Clark is worthy of a listen. It's on the podcast feed now and on the site, thecustardtv.com. I always feel completely drained when I've done all that, but it's all <laughs> very important. 
Yes. Uh, so, yes. It's all... Give us some love, people. We're unloved here. You know, we we need yes. we want to feel like you're part of the conversation. I think is yeah. what we're saying because is, is point, it feels yeah. like we're sort of talking into the the abyss. And occasionally yeah. we will get, and it, it is much appreciated. Anytime we get a tweet or a, yeah. you know, we haven't had an email for a while. Just just something uh, we'd like, you know, some feedback from you. We, some we interaction. Know, we know we are aware that people are listening to the uh, podcast because the figures are there to show me that they are. But we just don't know who these people are. So if you'd like to speak to us, and I do feel like all that at the end is always a bit like terms and conditions, and you can just mm-hmm. mentally switch off. But it would be nice to have some interaction with you in in whichever way you'd like to reach out. Uh, then that would be nice. And as I say, we'll be back soon in another week to discuss more TV as the World Cup draws ever closer and TV okay. goes on a football spree. <laughs> Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.